Then I was really looking for a way to kind of make us more efficient as a company. Like I saw an opportunity to bridge just just wide technological gap between the office and the field where we're duplicating efforts and processes across so many levels. And like, there's got to be a way to do this, you know, better and faster. So um, how do you know that though? Were you in the field? I mean, you were still in the field at that yeah. time. So how do you know what was happening in the office? Well, I just knew because the way that we communicated, like this is the days before Procore and like some of those Autodesk, some of those other platforms um, and even Bluebeam that was just now launching into the space as well. But, you know, everything was centrally located on a server within our office, but then it was pushed to everybody in the field via email. And then every superintendent is creating their own job folder structure and their own way of doing uh, things. I'm like, yeah, very this common. has to be better. So that was right when, you know, um, SharePoint or OneDrive was starting there was to no evolve. repository back then. Yeah. And so then I started to, uh, I ended up, there was a project that ended up running uh, called Heiko Headquarters. And I uh, became close with their like IT guy as we're building, trying to get to set up because they're a holding company over like five different companies. And I'm like seeing how like the challenges that he has and he's trying to bridge those gaps with communication, everything in the way the transmission of information and stuff. So I just spent a lot of time like talking with him and then he kind of showed me some things. And that's when I said, all right, that's the light bulb went off. I'm like, okay, we just need to get our stuff onto SharePoint, create one like centralized folder. So when the admin or the PM is updating the document or dropping it in there, we, Everybody already, has access. we already have it instead of them, me getting 30 middle emails in a day and then like you know at five o'clock now that everybody's left the job now let me go sit there and like review all of my submittals and catalog them and you know that all takes you know brain work which is you know i'm lacking <laughs> so, yeah. so i was trying to find easy ways to to do it so that was kind of one of the like the the next big steps in the evolution of us was kind of bridging that gap and making it very seamless you know um without having to spend the big dollars that you spend with like Procore and like some of these other things that are out there now when did you become too cool for the field and started being an office guy? Um, were you building data centers then or were you also, cause I know that in between building data center projects, you probably had to go build hospitals or other things too, right? I mean, you guys were doing a lot of stuff downtown that were not mm -hmm. data center related, right? Yeah. Yeah. Those were like the in between projects in yeah. between data center assignments. Yeah. Um, it was right around like the last, I would say the last six months last year when the general superintendent was, uh, getting ready to retire. And that's when they'd kind of announced, you know, director of field operations. And then we provided some overlap. So yeah, basically it's like wrap up the last project that you're on the field and like no more field assignments, if you will. So they kind of replaced the general super with the director of operations. Yeah. Director of field operations. Interesting. Okay. That's mm -hmm. so, okay. I've seen it before. So that's what you rolled into. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Okay. So that is more in the office for you. Yes. Yeah, in the office, because then it gave me, what it did, it gave me time while he was still there. It was basically, I started like creating the repository of like all of our field forms and like automating all of our forms. Like, so I was writing all those and actually creating all the different, you know, standardized templates. Like, yes, of everything. And, you know, that was six months of just think tank work of, you know, figuring that stuff out, doing research, for, you know, I'm not a developer. Were you, were you attending trade shows back in those days? Um, as far as like industry, like, like yeah. not construction, but data center. Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. Like AFCOM, somebody 24. Yeah. Um, and then forget which job came up next. That was just needed that we knew if it was a data center project came to us, that I would be the one that would be heavily involved in it. Um, I don't, I don't recall which one it was, but then around that time it was like, okay, now the roles kind of shifted a little bit more into like, you know, VP and director of, you know, field operations. What's the difference? 
Uh, well, just that VP side of things, I guess it's just in the market, it just let the external community know that, you know, I could do this other side of the business. Yeah, I have this piece that I oversee and responsible for, but um, I can also be, you know, your the face to face with the client to help deliver their project, go buy out their project and do whatever it needs to be. So I think it was more of an external thing that really helped the community understand what the role was or, you know, what yeah, it was doing. Yeah, it makes sense. Were you, were you able to see things that you were doing in other construction projects that were not data center related means and methods that you could adopt and then kind of draw back into the data center industry a little bit or introduce as a, because we get really siloed in our data center space now. Don't you agree? Yeah. Um, I mean, on the new construction side, that's what, you know, so when you look at the types of superintendents, you know, like, and the last organization you had interiors and interiors, and I, I'm not trying to discredit, uh, the how difficult some of the interiors projects can be because there's some of them that are just extremely difficult but that's typically that's the first place you can start you can do interiors then you can kind of get exposed to like new construction right now you're dealing with civil structural stuff that you know you hadn't seen so you conquered interiors now you got civil structural then you jump into data centers why did it like the reverse i like got exposed to new construction conquering like civil structural and interiors right that comes part of a new building that we're building and then to data centers and then the interiors was the last project that I ever tackled. Yeah, but interiors would be like, interiors for us in the data center side is different than interiors in a regular construction oh, site. Yeah, for sure. And in most cases now, it's a multi-tenant environment where you're on a shared infrastructure backplane. And when you're on the TI side, that's that's more of the brain surgery, the open heart surgery, in my opinion. I always felt like, the reason why I always said Chicago was hard to build is because everything in Chicago has been built there's no, they're not opening up more f parks and fields, right? So like you're, everything's a brownfield. Everything is a retrofit of something. Right? Second generation build, yeah. And the people that had shit there, they don't even know what's there sometimes, right? So, I mean, greenfields, I always thought was like the easiest where I'm like, you get to start over with a brand new slate yeah, where yeah. you know. no, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's easy. Like get some pressure underneath your belt where you're like, man, we're reading these drawings. We're 90% confident in these drawings. But how many times, I mean, I've had electricians working on programs for me before where uh, they've they've uh, tapped into a ground rod that uh, was unmarked on their own drawings and they were the company that did the project prior to that. You know what I'm saying? So like these drawings that when you're working on buildings that are, how old are some of the buildings in Chicago that you're going to work on, right? 350 yeah. Cermax, probably how old is that building alone, right? Yeah, decades, decades. Exactly. Yeah. So like- Nah, the person that probably built the last project's not there now, right? But hopefully their drawings were up to date on their as builds, right? So it's just a more stressful environment, I think, to build in, right? Especially when you're doing data centers, because it's like if you take down an office space in the middle of a TI improvement, yeah, some people are probably going to bitch them a little bit, but I get yelled at all the time. But right. when you take down somebody's oh, you yeah. know, load, that's a completely different monster. That's a career limiting move, right? Yep. Resume writers, they call those ones. So <clears throat> when you were going, you, you walked us through how you got into the office and that was through this new director of op field operations role, which mm -hmm. makes a ton of sense. And then you got into the VP side where you're like, okay, well, look, I'm specking the business. I'm innovating because we're in the broad, we're in the business of developing a home for innovation. And now you're using innovation as the vehicle or the tool to do that, right? Mm -hmm. You're more specializing now in data centers, it sounds like. You're heading some of the trade shows, learning how to network, learning what tools are using in the space. Were you introducing things to this industry that, uh, were there things that you thought you had an advantage on? Because like, hey man, 
we learned how to do this while building hospitals and now I'm doing this and I'm going to bring that as an advantage. I mean, what were you seeing any advantages back and forth? Uh, I don't know that I could say that. I mean, uh, I mean, a lot of the means and methods, that's, I, that's where I was getting to is with some of the, the new construction stuff because building a new uh, Greenfield data center, right? Like you have data center builders, but none of them are civil structure architectural builders, right? That's why you see project teams kind of siloed where you have a CSA group and then you have an MEPF group because usually those groups aren't like kind of cross-trained in both disciplines so that's one of like yeah for a personal advantage for me yes because i can't speak the language of the civil structure architectural and the mechanical uh, electrical and fire protection plumbing systems as well so that was like one advantage for me tell me some of the the challenges politically up in chicago as it's a fairly dense market for gcs would you agree um I'm talking about data center builders, not just GCs in general. Not everybody up there can build data centers. No, there's like, I would say four, four or five. Okay. So maybe my word, yeah, uh, there's not a lot. There's not, I, I guess it wasn't a very saturated group of people mm -hmm. that could build up there, right? There's three are the ones that I really know. Then there's a couple that have built something. doesn't mean that right. they're proficient with it, right? Because right? yeah. the way we build today is different than what we were doing a year ago. Yep. Imagine how much more different it'll be in a year from now, right? Yeah. Some groups just aren't innovating like that. They're like, they're really not designed for that. They're designed for cookie cut shit. And if you do things that don't iterate like that, like, then it's just not competitive for them. Well, I mean, think about what Walsh did, right? Walsh took down, is it uh, um, Chicago 5, which is the uh, one of Microsoft's projects out in Hoffman Estates. And that was their first data center project, I believe, maybe second. Really? So that Walsh wasn't known as a data center builder and they took down, you know, $130 million-ish. What uh, influences those programs? The ability to control the labor market or more or something? What is that? Because there's some other big shops, like Pepper's huge up there too, right? There's some other big yeah, shops. Yeah, they're, they're bigger. Yeah, they're not like as big as Walsh, but yeah, they're, they're big. Um, in terms of what do you mean, what influences? Well, how do you go from not building shit and having a resume to do it to now you're competing against groups that can and have a better resume for it, and they could still pick up work in a market that's he heavily competitive like Chicago is. Well, I mean, all these groups are Chicago-based groups, so it's it's easy for them in Chicago. But some don't specialize in building data centers as their thing. So they can do it. It took a you know a client that was willing to take a chance on a different their GC group. and fee was less. I don't know. That's what I'm asking. Like I, you know, the I. I don't know if they were the low bid, but they were the right bid. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah. Whatever the risk was. Yeah. That's what I'm always trying to figure out. Yeah. I'm really disappointed that you don't know answer to that. <laughs> I don't even know what you do here. So, uh, I'm not falling into your traps. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, so you uh, walk me into like how long you were doing that until you became a partner. What was that process like? Because you said you made partner within 11 years. It was somewhere around there. Um, yeah, I think by the time when that, when I'd made VP, that was when I uh, got my first part of the equity of the the company I bought in. So. Did you, was that part of the plan, part of the goal all along? Mm -hmm. You wanted to stay there long enough to get to that level? Yeah. And then was there a model that you also saw with if like partners, because it's typically a succession planning model. Mm -hmm. As soon as people get there, they're like, okay, cool. You're going to do this. And then you sunset at this. Yeah. Was that something that you were buying into too, that sunset? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And is the goal then you always knew like, hey, I'm going to go start my own GC? Uh, I don't know if that was always the goal. Even like when you and I talked, you know, 
back on whatever sunny day it was when I was on the golf course and you're bothering me. And All I'm you like, were doing was golfing. <laughs> like, dude, just I was like, me. dude, you're not a professional golfer anymore. I've seen you do it. You're not that good. So <laughs> true. This is true. Um, no, it just, it just, it, I needed to do something and that's besides golf. <laughs> yeah, no shit. I was uh, the one that was telling you that for months, I think. I'm like, yeah. why are you so lazy? You're like, I'm going to take the whole summer. I'm going to take three more months off. And I was like, yeah. no, you're not. Yeah. We have shit to build. Yeah. yeah. It takes uh, time though, man. It's hard to build a business, right? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's uh, learned a lot. It's, it's in itself is humbling, <laughs> you know? Um, but let's go back before we get to that. Cause I'll scratch the paint and pressure test pretty hard on that part. That's easy. But uh, for those that are listening, anybody... If, I mean, if Rob could do it, anybody can do it, right? But I'm saying you don't have to, you have a, you had a really successful career. How long were you there for? 20 years? Uh, maybe 18, 17, okay. 18, somewhere around there. So yeah. you were there for, that's a long time to be able yeah. to spot, right? So you, you, you made it to the top of the rank. It's basically right. Mm -hmm. You were an EVP before you left. Yeah. Okay. So walk me through the VP director role and then how you evolved and iterated from that. And then you, you kind of got to the point where the volume and velocity that you guys were trucking at allowed you to really only do data centers at that point. It wasn't like in-betweens. It seemed like you guys were just doing enough of them that that was your dedication. On our side, that, yeah, that was, you know, we realized quickly that if we were going to be serious about it, we, um, yeah, dedicate. We need to lock down a team that could and make sure we can provide that team, which means that sometimes that there's some bench costs, you know, in between assignments or projects, right? The, mm -hmm. the art of trying to have a team trained and then able to go, you know, stand up a data center and then not also, but also have the discipline to like, oh, there's a really sweet interiors project over here and we have some horsepower here not being used. Let's take it and put it over there. And then, yeah. like, you know, a data center pops up and you're like, well, shit, now we can't. Yeah, it's no, tough. You know, so that discipline was- Especially when the whole market was commoditizing the GCs too, because I was at a GC when you were, I mean, I was at Nova Mission Critical mm -hmm. with a lot of the guys that we work with now, Nathan, Jesse, all those guys, Anthony. Um, when you, so we kind of competed against each other at the same time. I didn't run into orbit with you though, I don't think. Did you know who we were? No, uh, I didn't. We were know a small out of town shop from New York. I doubt that you guys knew, but yeah. we were building in, in Chicago. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, we did- uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to talk about it on this thing, but yeah, there was two programs that we were doing there. Yeah. I'm also not sure what stuff I'm allowed to say. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have to edit this thing and look. Well, a couple people. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. I think those days are kind of over too. I mean, there's things that people talk about in NDA from you know strategic perspective, but yeah. everyone knows who's building what. We used to code name the shit out of everything, Project Dolphin or something. Right. And people like, we get it. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's only so much you could hide that stuff into yeah. until the whole market knows about it. But um how long, I mean, what was the growth iteration for you from VP to EVP? Um, you know, that might've been like a, that was probably the quickest turnaround. That might've been like a year, year and a half. And I think what that was is um, realizing that we needed to create, we just, with the growth, we needed to create some additional levels, yeah. right? Because you had, I mean, you know, you have some organizations, I'll, I'll draw a parallel to just at the like PM level, right? Where you have some organizations that have a PM1, PM2, PM3, right? Yeah. Where, because that's how deep they are. Right. And, you know, we hadn't gotten to that level. So we we had a thick crust. We were getting to the point where we were having a thick crust at the top and we needed to create some additional layers because we had some others coming up as well. Um, and then we had, you know, certain equity bands within the organization that we needed to show some separation through. So, so I know that you had the plan. So when you decided that you are going to leave where you were at, um, you weren't really sure what you were going to do yet. You were no. literally going to go sit on the golf course for like 
yeah months and chill out and go fishing or whatever you yeah. were doing and um and that didn't last very long so <laughs> but the thing is is you wanted you it seemed like by the time i talked to you you're like i think i'm gonna go i want to just build data centers is what you said yeah. right and i was like how how ironic right that's all i want to build right so we started talking what would be the major because you were a deer in the headlights for the first few months. I kind of gave you all the leeway you wanted and just stayed out of your way watching you walk around. Like you went from, you knew all of your shit on lockdown at a place that you owned for 18 years to now you were uh, the janitor again, right? Yeah. <laughs> Literally, right? Yeah, so we had nothing. <laughs> that's startup, that's yeah. startup shit, right? And I, I tried to, do you feel like I told you enough in advance? Like, hey man, it's like, uh, virginity amongst hoes right i mean like we're all equals here we all are hunting we're we're all in sales it turns out we're also all in operations and we're all in execution so you know in that startup mentality especially in this in this type of environment where it's a bloodbath because procurement teams and people that make purchasing decisions are armed to the freaking teeth and uh there's just a lot of opportunities that like the life expectancy of a deal it's on the it's like you put it on the conveyor belt back in the olden days and you had 90 days plus to swing at that and prepare for that deal. You knew it was coming in a quarter or two from now. Mm -hmm. Now that deal is out and it's off the market in less than 30 days, right? Well, I I would say we know of a deal and it might be 12 months that we know of something and it's, it's just until it actually becomes real, then yes, then it's when it's, yes, Boom. It, can be it hits. Yes. Fast. So you have to be, you have to be connected and knowing yeah. every move that that deal is going through, through its life cycle before it actually like, oh, now it's not crying. just that deal. Everybody has a deal. So you are investing into everybody because it's not if, it's just when that other group has a deal, yeah. right? And it could pop up like popcorn, like I said, right? Like that deal with that investment and that relationship that you just invested into could be tomorrow or next month or next year. But because you don't know, you got to be ready for everything. So you're investing into all of those relationships for real, right? I mean, like you're constantly never ending on the way that we invest into relationships in this industry. I don't think it's like that in other industries. Do you agree? Uh, no, not with, not in the way that we're connected with the actual, like the decision makers, the, it's the, the owners of the product, right? Whether it's, you know, I don't want to say anybody's names or, um, but we're but connected normally, directly with the groups where it's usually there's like brokers involved or somebody else that, you know, that's, you're going to be kind of staying connected with and working that relationship angle. I don't really see that side of it in our space as much. I think that, uh, there's just so many, like they're not pocketed in one market, right? They're like, Hey, well, I'm going to be doing something here in Texas. I'm going to do something in Virginia. I'm going to do something in that, you know, right. and yeah. in California, you, 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 can you bid on one of them? Cause we know you don't have a team for all of them. Right. It's just, there seems to be so much out there now to, to kind of pick through. You came over and I told you it was going to be a piece of cake. Pretty Company much. will just stand itself up. It's Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Sucker. <laughs> yeah. How'd that work out? <laughs> yeah. I think we see how it worked out. You needed to grind and build it all up. You were a spoiled little bitch at that big company where you had like, well, I, back where I came from, I had 14 butlers and an assistant that did that <laughs> shit for me. I'm like, not here, bitch. You're in the fox over with us. But I mean, like, talk me through what's it been like building your own general contracting company now that you've learned. Look, because to, to wrap up the story for those that are listening, you can 
I think that there's a lot of people that think like, man, I got to get my kids in college or they're not going to get a job. And if they don't get a good job, then they're not going to make good money. And if they don't make good money, then they're not going to be happy or flip that model the other way around. If I go to, you know, all those things, then I could, that's the goalpost for happiness. And the reality is everybody's built differently, right? And some people need to go to college, right? Either because they're highly intellectual and they need to go be challenged and stimulated because uh, that's where they're challenged the best. And then you have some people that are really smart and they're bored as hell in a school. Like I never really saw grades as a reflection of intelligence, more of um, how interested you were in something because everybody's smart at some shit. Mm -hmm. It's just, they get bored at things that they don't give a shit about. And, and some people don't want to sit in a class for analyzation and interpretation of American English literature. They'd rather be sitting down there and doing what you were doing, which was reading blue, you know, one lines blueprints. And, and I think that it's okay. It's safe. We live in a state in which if they were to go to school today and start learning a piece of technology, by the time they graduated, there's a good chance that technology would be obsolete anyway, because that's how crazy the world is that we're in. I, I have two in college right now and, and I'm going to let them do whatever the hell they want to. But I also am really, f I'm quick to encourage them to do what they want to do, which, and that is be challenged, you know, go do something that's fulfilling to you. You were able to go from, you know, uh, assistant superintendent job all the way up to an executive vice president role. And you ran everything in the middle of that over the course of an 18 plus year career. And then you took all of that knowledge with you and those relationships, which are golden and like, um, the relationships that you have or that you earn along your career is almost as important as the knowledge uh, subject matter that you learn throughout your career as well. Yeah. Right. So now you were able to package up that because it's a really hard club to get into in Chicago. Right. So you, you got all that knowledge from the field all the way into the office and then at the executive level and you went to silver spoon school too. They teach you how to <laughs> charm school properly. Yeah. yeah. You, you know, I yeah. got you. Yeah. But that's important, right? And that's what everybody that's listening, I mean, you, you, they could be at a different part, a different altitude near speed right now in their own career and just not sure where to go. And I'm like, you can go anywhere, really. If you want to be on the build side, there's space for you. But your kids can literally do anything too because this industry is starving for people, right? So now you you did all those things and you said, hey man, I think I want to go be an entrepreneur one day. Because you, in all fairness, when you first called me, I thought you were going to go work for an operator. Remember, I was like, yeah, sure. Yeah, I got like three yeah, different buddies that yeah. are like, oh, there's the operators right now are starving for leaders yeah. too, right? They need, and and you're like, hey, dipshit. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. I remember where I was too. I was in California. I think it's something. And you're like, no, 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 man, let's talk. And I was like, okay, cool. And I was like, I love the start of life. Okay. I love the kinetic, the ballistic chaos that comes with that because- we are an agent of our own reality in a startup, right? We're not beholden to some broken process that we're like, oh, it sucks, but it's kind of an institution now. You're not right. going to change that. Right. Fuck that. You know, this construct doesn't exist here. We're like, I remember uh, when we were at Nova Mission Critical, uh, Mike Maldari, who's now at 1547, I remember when he came over, he came from Cisco or something and, and he was doing something like, what are you doing? He's like, well, I'm trying to make sure it stays within this. And I said, well, no, dude, I didn't hire you to play within that construct. Here's your hammer, go break that and start over. Like, because that's what we used to always do. It is not a really good excuse for shit. And I remember asking him like, how would you like to come be a part of the Wawa West where you get to really build 
Like, if you don't like it, good. You're the one that built it. Right. Yeah. So you don't get to bitch and moan about it. You don't have bad days because if you don't like it, then you're unhappy with what you built, right? You don't have cool, exciting projects. That's because of you. <laughs> you yeah. Go get them. A hundred percent. But I also said, I'm like, look, fine. Start your GC. Do it with us. At least we have a brand that you could do it up and under, right? So at least you have instant credibility day one with things. Because some of us have built some shit before and we have a little credibility. You have a marketing arm that could help support your growth. You have a little bit of an omnipresence. And we'll give you all the resources you need to grow that shit. It's just, it was really the first time I think that you had to do it all on your own. Would you agree? Yeah. All right. So walk us through the entrepreneur journey for you and make sure you speak into the microphone. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know where to start. It was- Start um, with whatever your therapist told you to start from. So both of them. <laughs> uh, it should be hard. Yeah. It, it's, when I say it's- it's probably one of the most humbling things to go through, you know, um, especially coming from the background that I had where like a lot of things were in place and stood up and I was relying on those things and now coming in, you know, just taking certain things for granted that like That's it. something else was going to be there. There was already going to be a backstop, you know, no, or another person <clears throat> that could take that on or the cycles that yeah. were here. Yeah. Yeah. Have that. And, uh, and it, it taught me a little even about myself, about just some patience with, uh, with other people as well. You know, I'm relying on people. Don't you like, look at me when you talk like, like that. Why could you do this? You dumb. What the heck? <laughs> the <laughs> bitch. Know? So, uh, you learn a lot about me. each other. When yeah. You're doing that that's taught me a lot. Uh, you know, it's not everybody speaks the same language that I speak, you know, and I'm used to, uh, an industry you mean like with your lisp or with. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it was just, uh, even the way that, you know, we'll communicate, you know, via email and just our technical writing skills. You know, I've worked with the same group of people in the same ecosystem and, you know, predominantly in Chicago and we all communicate with each other a certain way there. And we all read between the lines a certain way there. And that's just very the way passive that, aggressive. Yeah, yeah, you get it. Right. <laughs> yeah. There it is. Yeah. yeah. So that's completely different here. And so I'm like, catching the tone of very you know, direct just this way that I engage or the way that I'm like, you know, reaching out. Um, and just even the way I'm writing emails to certain people and stuff. It's just like, Oh, like, you're reinventing yourself a little bit. Yeah, for sure. And you have to, a lot of it's been too, just like learning things that, uh, I didn't even think I was capable of doing, you know, because I've just relied on someone else that maybe filled that role for so long. Or you just haven't done it for so long. Or, yeah. Or I haven't had to do it. And I've had to like retrain myself to do some things. And that's been, um, that's been fun and exciting. You know, that stuff is that I will like stay up late at night for and not be like complaining that I'm saying like, I enjoy yeah, you that. You put out some really, look, man, for what it's worth, I've got to see what you create. And, uh, I didn't know you had it in you either. You know what I'm saying? But you can tell that when it's yours, you take a lot of ownership in it, right? That's what you do as an entrepreneur is like, no, it's no one else's problem to fix, but mine. And you want to be like, only you know what you want from your shit, because whatever it is that we're doing, although we're all contributing to it, it's a direct reflection of you and your own personal standards. So we have to, like you're, uh, what do you think your biggest challenge has been? What's my biggest challenge? Well, what it doesn't have to be like a, it could be uh, what has been the greatest challenge that you've had in the process then. How about this? I mean, picking up new trades and markets that you don't do as much work in maybe you're having to go reinvent, you know? And, no, just the, the, I would say, um, and I think you would agree, is just responding to, you know, a 
very complex, com- complicated RP. Yeah. Uh, having to have all that support material that goes along with it. Like a schedule, I give you the schedule and the buyout and the price and everything and all the detail behind it that can convince anybody that I know the Your job Your first about. RFP out of the gate that you had to respond to was probably for one of the more sophisticated types of people that is, talk about arm to the teeth, right? It's not like you were just running off a regular RFP. You had a person that speaks both sides of the language of the industry, forwards and backwards. And uh, he'll make the buffalo on a nickel squeal. That's how tight he is when it comes to budgets and stuff like that. And that's your first one out of the gate that you had to really chase down. And I could see, I mean, there was a lot of, you were white knuckling that bitch, you know what I'm saying? Like through, oh, the, yeah. through the, the, the last week, because you were so stressed and making sure that you had all that stuff, right? But rightfully so, if you weren't, I would have probably lost confidence in you, right? That pressure that you were imposing on yourself is absolutely what gave me comfort because somebody has to do it. Someone has to care that much that much about every attention to detail and it sure shit shouldn't be me right it should be the president of that company that's trying to make sure that whatever they're doing they can stand behind every word that's on that paper and you used to have an army that could do that for you now you had an army of one you know that's you and mike right and then we have a resource team but they're like it was their first time going through this too on the gc side for sure right i mean look at i when I was having Joe work templates for me for certain things, he, I could take him out of commission for a month for some of that stuff. That stuff takes a long time. But the reason uh, it was the perfect one for you, because they're, they're not going to get much more complicated technically than that one, right? Yeah. And I think that uh, they'll, not that they're ever easy, but those are the harder ones to get. Plus, the first one through the wall is always the bloodiest, right? So like creating an initial template or you have to always try to stabilize before you can standardize, before you get optimized, right? And for you, you were trying to do it all at once. And if, did you feel me like keeping, like I'm pretty much, uh, I could be involved with people's shit as much as I have to be, but for your shit, I was uh, watching in orbit more because I was like, uh, I don't know if me. It was probably for the better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I didn't mind you. Either. I saw you like Steve Buscemi with that lipstick hit list, you know, <laughs> yeah, putting your lipstick exactly. on one day, my name on that list. <laughs> I didn't need to be on your list again. But um, I think the biggest challenge probably would have been adjusting and adapting to the dynamics of a startup, right? And we don't run it like a GC. I mean, we are a GC, but we have other brands too. I mean, we have other businesses that we do too, right? So it's, and each of those are for profit. Right. So like we have a lot of things that matter, not just when you're at a GC where you came from, the primary line of business you used to generate revenue was just that one thing. And here it's, that's, that's one thing of things that we do. Now that one thing will most likely, not most likely, but I think you'll demonstrate that it'll become the lion's share of the top line that we ever do. Right. And, and I think we have a mate, we give you a, a pretty great advantage by having access to an unlimited bench of talent that mm. Jesse's company, which is your counterpart, yep. right? So you're a president and Jesse's a president. And Jesse has our construction management, project management, owner's rep staff. And you have a GC that turns out needs a lot of really strong, talented people at any time. You don't have that problem where you're like, hey, I have a, I have a bench of people that are in a holding pattern waiting for the next construction project for a data center, you could just pull headline privileges from Jesse's top brass at any time you want to and know that you could patch together. That's unlike any other GC, 
where you have unlimited access to A teams and B teams because those people are coming in and out of construction management, project management roles as individual contributors, as owners reps on the enterprise end user on the large hyperscale side, as well as the large wholesale operators that are servicing them. Right. So you have proficiency nonstop because all we do is build data centers. Do you feel that that was an advantage? Uh, yeah, that's um, that was probably one of my biggest advantage, disadvantages before. Now it's- Access to unlimited that, labor. Yeah, to have that is- a huge benefit. What else do you think that you have and what have you learned from this whole process? Was it what you thought it was gonna be? No, not at all. Did you enjoy it as much as you thought you would? Um, there's moments where I enjoyed it more. Okay, you're not yeah. the same person you are than when we first clicked onto this. I mean, you have to feel that, right? Oh yeah, 100%, yeah. Um, what are some of the biggest differences for you that you had to adjust to? And it doesn't necessarily have to be a negative one. I try to focus on the positive, in fact. Yeah, I would say there was, um, there was probably, you know, coming into the space and doing this, there was probably some insecurities at first, you know? Uh, so I'd say the confidence that I've maybe reestablished in myself that, I don't know if I didn't, if I didn't have the confidence cause I was probably, I wouldn't, wouldn't be here, but there were some, definitely some things I was probably insecure about cause I just didn't know. Sure. You know, and that's probably one of the biggest things for me is like, I feel like I, not, I need to know. <laughs> Do you feel like you're getting more exposure to the holistic bigger picture? Yeah. In what way? Uh, just more engagement time, right? I mean, it's- Do you understand the product more that you're building versus, because you spent 18 years viewing it from the optics. The aperture that you viewed everything through was through a, through a contractor, not, mm -hmm. not, 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 not trivializing the businessman you were where you were. Now you're looking at, well, why do investors invest in this vertical in the first place, right? What What's the difference? I mean, understanding, you know, if we're building for a large wholesale operator, understanding that when they sign a lease, that's like one of five checkboxes that the enterprise and users going through that triggers something that's major for us, right? But you understand the whole, do you think you understand the industry more? Yeah, I would, uh, I would, I would say that I had a pretty good understanding of the industry. Like, oh, I don't know if- <laughs> I'm joking. Know. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. that. It was understanding our industry. Like the, this, the company as a whole is Overwatch and oh, you know, their tentacles, you know, of yeah. everything that they're getting into. So that was, um, mm. that's what I thought you were asking. And that's what I'm saying. Yes, mm -mm. I understand that a little bit more. I was trying to help understand. I was trying to help educate you on the, the ecosystem as a whole and how, you know, I always- when I would whiteboard things to people, I I just draw a big money sign on the top left hand side of the whiteboard. And then I would have the ripple effect for everything as it unfolds so that people can understand where they sit in the ecosystem and how that is relative in distance to where the money's at, because that's where the decisions are made. Right. So you can understand not to commoditize some of these elements of the, of the delivery model, but there are some that do get commoditized pretty easily. Don't you agree? Yeah. And I think it was important to not be on the tactical side, but to, to stay pretty close to the strategic side. So we had influence over the way that things, uh, maybe not were being purchased, but in the direction that things were moving in the delivery of the model. Do you agree? Yeah. What else were you learning? Any of that? Or I mean, anything in general about the industry that you think you were picking up in addition to that on the business side, because you became an entrepreneur where we were standing up, you know, tools for the first time as needed. Um, 
I don't know, man. You're really putting the screws to me on this one. Good. Going back, you're like, I should have just stayed where I was. I could have just, all the shit, the soup was done cooking. I just showed up there. Shit was done. Should have missed my flight. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, th I think you almost did, didn't you? Or that you well, got delayed? It was just delayed. Yeah. All right. So uh, what else do you want? I mean, you and I met on a, I remember the first time I talked to you. Do you? Yeah. I didn't even take that call very serious, I don't think. No, you didn't. <laughs> Cause you accidentally like turned on the FaceTime and you're I like, oh driving shit, you're driving, your hair's 20. all like floating. You're wearing some like silly flower shirt or flower pants or something like. I live an alternative life. I'm like, this is Austin, is Texas. Guy? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even show up to our interview. You had Jesse and Timmy and those guys, but I'll tell you, like, I don't think I heard of you guys that much. And I remember Jesse Sargent came to me and goes, "Hey man, we want to use this company on this project," and I was like, "Hmm." And I, I haven't been really in the business of overriding Jesse on those types of decisions for a while, because if I, if I, uh, hold you accountable to a schedule and a budget, it's only fair that I let him pick the team. Right. Mm -hmm. And I remember him coming to me one day and he, you could tell that he wasn't sure how to approach me. So he was planting seeds and cultivating over time that he was in a pivot off of the GC that I was like, just go with this one. No one gets fired for going that direction. And, um, and I talked to you guys on the phone and. And I think that you guys were giving me your resume and the data centers that you were building back in those days. I was like, those ones don't even exist anymore. Right. And they were all retail anyway. So the, yeah, you're kind of being a dick. Too, if I, I wasn't trying to use just <laughs> sensitive. Right. And I just remember thinking, I go, it's not like you guys hadn't seen the ball since kickoff. It's just that you guys weren't at that volume and velocity that, I mean, where Jesse and I were coming from, we had a gun to our head, you know, and we were deploying, you know, a couple million bucks a day type of thing, which may not sound like a lot now, but for us, that was a lot, right? Mm -hmm. And and if you messed up, it wasn't a budget, it was one of us gets fired type of shit, right? Yeah. So we just had to take it a little bit more personal. And I remember Jesse coming to me and going, hey, I'm going to go with this dark horse. And Tim Tribble was a big factor for that. If He's in a line now, right? And yeah. Timmy uh, used to be an estimator, right? So that guy could count pennies and and screws, right? And <laughs> he was as subtle as a sack of hammers, right? But he ended up turning into such a nice guy. And he's, look, he's mentored and developed. I mean, he was, I give him a lot of credit for some of the guys on my team that he's helped build over the time. And, and he's just a really good dude. But I remember Tim, who, uh, I don't know if I've ever heard him say anything favorable about anybody was like, these guys are legit. These are the real deal. And I was like, okay. And I remember purposely pulling Jesse to the side. I go, hey, listen, bro, I love you. And I'm going to let you pick who you want to. But if these guys mess it up, it's your nuts. I'm going to smush them, <laughs> right? And he's like, bro, I got you. You know how he is. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I, we spent time, you know, getting to know you through a very complicated program. And, uh, and I don't think anybody else would have been successful in that program, except for you guys, right? So I think that that was one of the things that made it really easy for when you and I started having this conversation, do I want to be back in the foxhole with you as a partner? Because you are, you know, you're a partner, but you're a part of the grown up community here, which means you, Jesse, you know, the founders and you and Carly are all shareholders, right? And you guys are partners of this business. You're going to have stake to where we're all in this together. We, we ride or die together. And I just remember thinking, can I trust this person? And we kind of did. We already put our, 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 stuff on the line for yeah. you once before. And, uh, and I don't think I was ever surprised, at, uh, from, I was always expecting something negative in terms of, aha, 
You know what I'm <laughs> there saying? There it is. <laughs> I was like, I knew these funds of bitches were going to change order me something, but like everything was like, no, we'll work through it with you guys, you know? And I was a little bit slow to probably invest into that relationship with you. I think it was the first time we went out on the lake or something like that. And I was like, all right, I can be friends with this guy now. But now watching it go fast forward and come full circle, like watching you reinvent yourself, I've watched you struggle, right? I've watched you define what a standard looks like and that, and I've watched you engage with others. And sometimes it requires healthy conflict and it, uh, not that you have to be abrasive, but you, you will be if necessary to get the standard you want for whatever it is that you need. And that's what you need to be a strong leader, you know, to have a strong business partner and, um, you coming over here, standing up this general contracting side for us is something that I think all of us as partners had a lot of confidence in because we got to see you kind of operate in less than ideal circumstances and situations in the past project that we got to do with you. Right. So I think that what you brought was, um, a lot of experience and a lot of knowledge and, and, and what you had to gain, which no one could give you was confidence in yourself. My job is to try to inspire you to be a better version of yourself every day so that you could grow confidence in yourself to thrive even when you're on an island by yourself, right? Do you feel like you were getting those things to be able to build your product? Because you've already had success on the GC side with us. And I think it's very possible that we'll probably do more this quarter than we did all of last year. And last year was a record for us, right? That's the type of projection that we have because the momentum that you're building around yourself while simultaneously reinventing yourself. Do you feel good about it? Yeah. So it's a lot. <laughs> Giddy up, right? It shouldn't be. I mean, yeah. if it was easy, everybody would do it. That's it's why fun, it, sh it should be hard. Like, if I'm not doing something like this, I'm bored. And that's the last thing this world needs is me out there bored. <laughs> bored gingers. Nobody has room for that. <laughs> yeah, no one has time exactly. for those people. Gingers. Well, listen, um, we walked through a lot, right? And this is a fast one. Mm -hmm. um, but what else do you want people to know about you or your your general contracting business because it is yours right this is where we're all holding a company that has the ability to help stand up other vertically integrated groups that want to grow horizontally and vertically with us and and you're like i'm going to build a gc and i'm like we want to build it with you let us help you spearhead that right so what do you want people to know about your gc yeah really what I, it's it's yes it's me but it's us and it's gc but you know if those that are out there looking for like good partners, people that are going to do what they say they're going to do, that you know are going to make sure that they have all the information that they need to have to make those informed decisions through the evolution of their projects, and knowing that they're getting the best quality out there, and one just creating an experience, a project experience that is not stressful for them, and you know make us be their easy button. That's what we're here, and that's the way that I want to disrupt the market. So, what is it, do you have any opportunities available to you right now for people on your team? Yeah, we've got, you know, that's one of the benefits of coming into a firm. Even when I came into my previous firm, it was a smaller firm on its way up. We're here in our infancy stage and, you know, we're going to go from zero to a hundred fast, a lot faster than, you know, uh, previously done. So you have room for at least a VP or two. You have some PMs you're looking for right now. Yeah. You have open space. Yes. I'm definitely looking for those. I've got, you know, five, 10 even zero years of you know general contracting experience. There's a variety of roles, all roles from, you know, at the ground to right next to me, basically. How do they could. find you? Just ginger at weareoverwatch.com? Um, bald, no. <laughs> bald at weareoverwatch.com? Those that follow my OnlyFans will get it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. So uh, how do people reach you? LinkedIn? I, LinkedIn, uh, you know, 
the website. I think the you know we have a good link tree on our website where they can reach out to us through there. Um, this will hit the street probably for PTC too. So when we're at PTC, you know, hopefully maybe there's some, this is my favorite part of the year is the first quarter because that's when everyone's looking to make their changes, right? They're like, okay, I, I just took some time off. I was reflecting with the family. I realized that, you know, the juice isn't worth the squeeze maybe, or there's just not enough room for growth, or they promised me this again and I didn't get it. And, you know, everyone's typically waiting for the bonuses to roll around the end of January, February, March, and then they pop, pop smoke, right? So now's the time, right? So you'll be a PTC if there's some people that you could find that if they hear this and they're just uh, hungry to reinvent themselves and they want to go there. This is, this is entrepreneur shit. This is not like institutionalized business. This is Wawa West is what we're doing. And, and you have to really, really enjoy going into an environment where it's not, it's never the same one day after the other. Yeah. And they can't be, can't be scared of a little hard work either. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone has to do their own. You were doing your own proposals till, you know, one o'clock in the morning and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Right. Yeah. Weekends too. What else do you want them to know about you? Um, that's all I got, Kirk. I mean, it's, it's not that deep. <laughs> I could tell, man, this is uh you don't want to tell them about your hair product or anything like that that you use? No? All right. Well, listen, man, thanks for coming in and thanks for talking about this part because it is one, I mean, people are going to be like, oh shit, Kirk's self-serving. He's putting his own business senior presidents online and, and letting them like promote their business and kind of, but um, really it's to, I'm trying to outline the journey of how someone goes from a uh, horse guy in Florida <laughs> I won't tell anybody yeah. to, uh, <laughs> to, to sheep guy in Texas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. But how do you go? And like a lot of us in my generation now have kids that are old enough and we're trying to figure out how to coach and mentor these people because, uh, it ain't what it used to be. Like everyone used to be like, look, I don't have to do, I'll go lay up in college. Never go wrong by doing that. But the reality is, is you may not need to, you had a very, you made a great living. You had a very rewarding career where you're at probably made more money than sense, more than you deserve. No, but, but, and now here you are starting your own business, right? So I hope that what people can take away from this isn't like this self-serving promotion for Overwatch, but more of you could do anything in this industry. Data centers, I mean, we're getting ready to start a data center gold rush, right? The next three years will have explosive growth and opportunity. And it doesn't matter if you've been in this industry for, never or five years or 10, if you want to reinvent yourself, there's an opportunity to do it as a builder. Don't you agree? Yeah. hundred percent. All right. Well, I hope that people follow you on LinkedIn and they know how to reach you. How do you spell your last name on it? D-A-L-Y. There you go. So Rob Daly on LinkedIn, hit him up on, uh, on his social media and reach out, come find a job. We're, we're hiring right now. We need you. Yeah. Looking for a fun place, energetic with opportunities. You got it, man. Well, thanks for coming in. It's good seeing you, buddy. You too, brother. All right, man.